welcome to this very special episode of The Jankyard. Very special because I'm going to host it, me, Schmendrix, uh, the moment you've all been waiting for. We've gotten a lot of fan requests about this, and we're finally, finally delivering, I'm pleased to say. I thought about hosting it by myself, uh, but in the end, I decided to invite <laughs> the um, Canuck with all the answers, the treatment. I'm here. And I've also got um, the accountant you can count on, Killer Cactus. Frog up. <laughs> Frog up. Yeah, we are. I don't know when this will ultimately release. We're preparing for the arrival of the latest member of the Treatments um, family uh, by trying to get some episodes in the tank. So this will either come immediately after our Frog Up episode or we'll, it will release sometime in the future. But in our minds, we are still hot off the blazing success of our first and only catchphrase that has actually caught on uh, among the three of us, which is uh, frog up. It's okay. We, it's never going to die. <laughs> no, we're going to keep, no. we're going to keep using it. It doesn't matter when this episode comes out. Could be Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're still going to be talking about frogs going up. And so since this may be an episode that we release at a, at a later date, we're going to forego news because we don't know what exactly is going to be timely. And we're going to dive into a topic that we're fairly certain is going to be timely over the next several months, um, given the nature of the Red Rain cycle, which is what makes for an effective mono deck. Um, we saw Lark win the pod tournament with a mono illusion deck. Um, Killer Cactus has been tearing up the casual ash techie lobbies with his all nature frog up deck and blitz and blitz well it went two and one in blitz i not quite tearing it up i mean could have torn it up better and won me an accelerate alt art i tried i tried really hard <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you it's did. not my fault carl always has redirect when he needs it always yeah that was well you know what that that was karma for the match against me where you had the only possible two card combinations <laughs> and that that was even more ridiculous honestly yeah you throw you throw down a massive bear or something and I, what did i do i was like pain shaman hunting weapons pain, yeah hunting weapons on a pain <laughs> shaman was the it. only thing you could have done because i otherwise had multiple ways of removing any block yeah it was ridiculous i had all my books were exhausted or whatever and you could kill any two life thing and I, i'm like pain shaman hunting weapons which is insane it's because you had that frog up that was the only reason you could do it I told you you got to keep a frog up at all times if i didn't have a frog up i couldn't have played hunting weapons See that? Frog up. So, Killer, I wonder, as the member of the group that has most recently ventured into serious monocolor deck building with the Frog Up deck, do you have any reflections to kick us off about what makes for an effective monocolor deck when you're taking that as a as a deck building challenge or perhaps leaning into some unexplored territory? Like, what, what did, went into the construction of that deck? I mean, I could talk really intelligently for a while about some things. Debatable. <laughs> but that's not what we do on this podcast. Wrong show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is we created a catchphrase and I built a deck for it. Like, that's that's what happened. Okay, but um, I will say that having, like, you know, I, I built a deck that kind of started out as a fun thing, but then started messing around with it. And ran into a couple 
you know, kind of cool elements of that specific mono nature deck, which was, first of all, you know, any deck needs a strong plan A, a good plan B, right? And, um, well, I mean, really. And a desperate plan C. Yeah. I mean, you, you need a strong plan A and a good plan B, right? And you need to have, you know, generally some removal. You need to have a way to deal with the battlefield. And in for mono decks, I you, you need to understand at least what your deck can't do. Because if you're just in one color, then there's something that you're not going to be good at. Um, because not because there's no color out there that's really good at everything. Um, and what I realized with this Aradel is, first of all, nature is, what nature is not good at, I think, is single target removal. It's not great at that, at least for bigger stuff. Um, it's pretty good at pinging things. It's not great at, like, killing knights, right? You can ice trap stuff. You can ping stuff. If they put down a hammer knight, there's not a ton you can do. Um, Aradel does kind of help with that with water blast, um, giving you the ability to do you know ping water blast to kill a three life thing, which I think makes her the the best nature phoenix born if you're going to do a mono deck. Um, the other thing is. Her having blue Jaguar kind of gives the, the deck a better bypass plan B or a better it's, it's kind of a reach plan B. It's not just bypass, right? It's the combination of bypass between Frostback Bear and Blue Jaguar and Burn with Molten Golden Frostbite. Um it can kind of do both of those things. Molten Golden Frostbite isn't enough of a plan B on its own, but when you're swinging with Blue Jaguar and Big Bears, it's easier to get it down to, you know, get the other Phoenixborn down to a critical life total where Matt, where Molten Golden Frostbite's enough to finish the game. So that that it just kind of all came together that way. And the other thing I've noticed is Butterfly Monk is a great card in the deck because the, the you know, first of all, Aerodel's life isn't very high. The main drawback, though, typically with Butterfly Monk is that you end up milling yourself trying to play the Butterfly Monks because they cost power dice. But when you're playing 10 nature dice, you almost always roll at least one frog. And... If you don't have the deck doesn't have a ton of other frogs in it unless you're using molten gold or using frogs to do frog things. So like you don't have to meditate up to power as much. And so that was a really, really long winded explanation to get to an answer to your question about why are mono decks good. And one thing mono decks do, I think, better than any non mono deck is it rolls power sides that you need more often because you only use one type of power side in your deck. You know, you roll 10 dice, on average, you're going to roll probably, I don't know what the math is, but I bet it's two power sides, maybe three. So 
somewhere between two and three power sides, right? But when you're playing only one color, you're guaranteed that those power sides are useful, especially if you have a spellboard card that uses a power side. I think the the other thing it does really well is the cards that are typically uh, double class costed, so the in particular allies, which see less play or have traditionally seen less play because of three and four color decks, right. all of a sudden become easy to slot in and you can realize their value and their potential without sacrificing your dice spread. So namely in nature um pain shaman which has the ping and heal uh and it's a you know three life which is substantial against a lot of decks the three life is a i think a big barrier and then frost fang which is the other one i mean you're a hit on sleeping bear but that's okay (laughs) don't sleep on it did you find just qualitatively did you find that you were meditating fewer cards i mean did you did that was that true yeah, and I I think it's again because when you're playing three colors, you know you're you're always going to roll some basics, right? And if you don't have basic things, then you have to meditate those basics up. That's true of any deck, but if you're playing three colors and you have cards that use power sides in those three colors, you're not always going to roll those, and you're going to have to meditate for those. But if you're playing mono one color and you won't and you need a couple power sides, you're probably going to roll those. And that's so it, it's not like a, a massive difference in meditation, but it is a difference. Right. And when you're in a grindy metagame like this with, you know, I, I think more games going to fatigue now than they did, say, in the last set or the last meta that we were in. And that can matter. Um, so I do think that's an advantage and, and treatment. Your points well taken that those those cards that cost two dice of the same color. So Pain Shaman, Frostfang, and Molten Gold as well in this instance um, are a bit easier to slot. You don't have to care. Like, you know, one thing I've noticed in a couple, I've been messing around with Brennan a lot lately, trying to play Burn decks to see if that's still viable. And I found myself wanting four Nature dice in those decks so that I can play two Molten Golds in the same round. Right, yeah. I, I think that I have that in my deck, too. Yeah, but that puts a strain on your what you can do with the rest of your deck in other colors because you need a lot of ceremonial. You probably want some sympathy and or charm. And starting out for nature and only having six slots for those other dice, that makes it difficult. But when you're playing mono, it's like, I don't... Yeah, I just have ten of these and I can play all three <laughs> mold gold and I don't care. Right? I, I literally... I, I won a Phoenix League game yesterday... I played three Molten Golds in one round. Like, I've never done that before, and you never even think that that's a thing, right? <laughs> because, I mean, you don't play six Nature Days most of the time, but I had ten, so I could just play all the Molten Gold. And even if you did have six, then you're still probably using those for your summons. Right, yeah. it's. I mean, there's there's basically no other situation you're going to play three Molten Gold in a round. Now that, I mean, that's an extremely extreme example, but still, it's... It's a testament to the fact that you can play those double one color cost cards. To engage in some idle speculation real quick. So you've now got several games under your belt with the Mono Nature deck. We are still pre-release of the next Red Rain set, which is going to be Mono Nature. What 
is your you, you mentioned every mono deck is going to have weaknesses because the colors have have natural weaknesses um although i'll say nature has fewer than many others i would say that's true but what you know if if that next mono deck that's going to be released were to add one thing that would put mono nature over the top send it into you know real contention consistently in a competitive environment do you have a sense of what that would be like what does the deck lack for that you found yourself wishing it could do i mean a a good single target removal or exhaustion spell that can take out a night i think would be big for nature Mm -hmm. um something like a fester or even a steady gaze like something like that especially when i'm trying to play bears because knights are a big pain in the butt for a bear to deal with can't get around it unless i mean and that's you know jaguar does help right like in in this deck and it's there's been so much jaguar hate and i mean i'm i'm like loving the card in this deck um, I don't at this point I don't even know what to take out for rejuvenate when that <laughs> when that come when that card comes out. Um whatever it I don't do we even know what it does? I don't I don't know what it does. I can't remember but Rejuvenate? Yeah, do, Yeah, it's where for each every time you put a conjuration down you put a token on it and then you can remove a token to refresh or to remove I should say an exhaustion from a unit with the number of status tokens or less in attack value. Okay. So like if you had three tokens or sorry, two, two tokens, you can refresh a bear. If you had three tokens, a conjuration specifically, I think. Yeah. 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 I think you're right now that I, you say that. So yeah, I don't even know what I would take out for that. Um, but I, I do think a big single target removal spell. Um, I think right now you're, I mean, you can use molten gold for it, but that, kind of that's your closer that's that's some of your reach yeah yeah i mean there's there's like deep freeze i mean that that kind (laughs) of works that's a card it exists i mean it is i've seen it do some work i don't play it in this list but i've i've used it in my rhino deck uh and it's it can be quite effective if you are going for a big swing because it takes so many turns I mean, you could ultimately you could still be golden veiled, um, like any removal. It button. adds a certain number of status tokens, and the unit's considered exhausted until you remove all the status tokens, or while any status tokens are present, right. and your opponent can use side actions to thaw and remove a status token. I believe. Right. It, so it yeah. it basically exhausts a guy for three turns, and if like you know that that can work as a single target removal spell, and it's a card I looked at adding in here, but it ultimately didn't just kind of loaded up on the ping and the um ice traps and molten gold and then they have Aerodel's ability but you know what you can do is look into and the, so the other thing nature's not good at is dice fixing it doesn't do any of that um but there's basic cards that do that like call upon the realms does that channel magic does that um so you don't really need a nature card to fix dice. Um, so, I mean, I would look at a single target removal spell, but, like, yeah, like you said, I think nature is one of the more well-rounded colors, honestly. You know, it has AoE, it has bypass, it has burn, it has good attackers. It doesn't really have any reactions. It has ice trap. It doesn't have reactions, though. Yeah, and cover, but... 
Like oh, cover is not a card that doesn't exist. <laughs> There's not a lot of like protection, like like um, reactive protection. Yeah, it it doesn't have a like a a a card like a golden veil type card. Um, and that is one thing I've noticed too, which is a problem, right? So, and maybe that's even a better point. Like when you have a massive bear sitting out there, it's it's very uh, very vulnerable to to a removal spell because there's not really anything in nature I can do to stop you from ping festering my massive bear. So you got to be a bit more careful about you know when you put massive growth on a bear. Um, and it's something I was thinking about that specifically, as a matter of fact, I, I can't believe I didn't think of that when you asked me with, with, with this deck, you know, it's great to have 10 nature dice. It's made me wonder when you're looking at these mono decks, if you want to, instead of going 10, you go like eight, two, and you just pick up another color just to sure up your weaknesses in a certain area for something critical, like eight nature, two charm to pick up golden veil or and redirect or something might be you know a really good pivot for this deck to go in so i was gonna i was gonna go there actually which is i mean we're gonna keep talking about mono decks because it's an interesting set of constraints and i think it reveals a lot about each color but just practically speaking if uh, to issue a hot take i think every mono deck is improved by one to two dice of another color I, I would find it the only possible exception is maybe Lark's Mono Illusion deck only because it is so reliant on single die reactions and that 10th die being Illusion keeps all of those on the table in a way that, you know, if your 10th die was Charm left, you, you know, you'd sort of show your opponent you're out of it. But there are ways around that too. I, I, I would be very hard pressed to make a strong case that those decks don't get improved by just adding one to two die of another dice of another color. Yeah. And, and they might, and I think it's, but you know, this is still a good conversation because it's, of course, you know, wh what, wh what color is that, that you want to add, right. To get your, to sure up the weaknesses of the deck. This nature deck probably wants golden veil more than any other card. I think anytime you push the, the boundaries of something, you're going to find, the the right sort of levers to pull it back and accentuate it yeah charm gets you gilder and golden veil and that's those are both probably really good cards to have because gilder gilder's effectively nature after round one and then right you've got golden veil on and that i mean you know one gilder book and three golden veils only needs one charm die right that you know um but yeah, I, I think that's a you know that's definitely something, and maybe we we do that as we go through these colors and say, all right, what's you know what's the color that supplements this color the best that that, that shores up their weaknesses, and I I I, I mean I, you're gonna have arguments for every color. Yeah. You know, I could say ceremonial is a great color too because nature doesn't have a ton of self clear other than nature's wrath and. Um, and ceremonial supplements the burn, right? Like you can make an argument for every color. Well, well, let's go. Let's go through them. What, like, what's the next color you guys want to talk about? Well, let's talk about illusion because that's that's the one that everyone's doing right now. Sure. After after Lark did, and Sh and Shmenny just faced it today. <laughs> yeah. it, it had one. It had one charm, I think. But yeah, the mono illusion decks Lark 
popularized it by dunking on the whole competition, but most memorably on Killer. <laughs> yep. uh, but some of the trademarks of the Mono Illusion decks, I faced one being run out of Auric today. Um, but uh, Lark's was Hope, yeah. I'm not making that. No, that was Noah. Noah. Noah, that's right. Noah, Noah. So um, I think... So some of the trademarks, Shadowhound is super common and is a really big problem. It's a very powerful summon. Um, and it's playable in actually all three of those. Um, it's most vulnerable in something like Auric, but one of the big advantages, um, or Auric or Noah, um, one of the big advantages in any of those decks is that you've got the nature uh, sorry you've got the ability to play particle shield which is just a single class die and so although shadowhound hard folds to aoe spells that particle shield can do a lot of work in protecting your three die investment and in any deck that likes draw and that is a feature of these mono illusion decks all you know hope has a draw engine it with void pulse particle shield adds draw um oryx uh concentration ability or spell ready spell creates draw as does his meditation and then you've got um noah's shadow blade all providing draw and those are all lending to the tripling of the shadow hound books and then the other big element is and all the reaction spells too yeah just to have them in in hand and ready to use with reimagine or whatever they're doing yeah and so that's the other big element here is reimagine so these decks tend to have a mill plan a um, that's on the back of using dice powers that then get stashed on reimagine, which allows you to stash a time or illusion dice that you've used on a dice power to then spend on reactions. And then the high powered illusion reactions. Um, and I'll just say, I, you know, I really like the whole concept of these decks because it really plays into what illusion does uniquely in the card pool or really well in the card pool, which is the spin down dice power plus a really cool suite of very powerful reactions. Yeah. I, I like the interaction the most with um, reimagine because the, the natural tendency of spinning things down as a plan a, and like we talked about with nature, having um, a very high probability of always having a power side and then later being able to lock it in so that you always like you get to reuse it. So it's free spin down or if you look at it the other way, it's a free reaction it is really awesome. And then the weakness that illusion typically has is um, AOE being able like itself to deal with swarm units and Shadowhound, if you can get it focused, helps deal with that as well. Um, and then that's what I think mainly why Lark put it in Noah because shadow blade also effectively deals with wide tables. Um, or can hope makes sense in this, in, in similar fashions, either because of void pulse for tall units or, uh, or, you know, if you can get there, it's a built in, um, burn plan as well as board clear. So those three are really interesting. I think I played against um, Auric when 
who was a Kip. He he played against me, um, and it was it was just it's grueling. Like it's very hard to find answers to it all, especially because you always have to worry about figures in the fog, which can nullify any plan to sort of force them to block with um, with hound just to to try and get rid of it, and then. No such method, I think, has been running Hope version. And again, then you have the duplicate Shadowhound. So stocking on anything that you try and put down. Uh, they're very cool. And I think we've... I, I, I don't know if we've seen them be taken as far as possible. Certainly would be interesting if whenever the Mono Illusion set comes out, if it adds more or if it's already a very tight package. Like, is there anything you guys think is cuttable um obviously we don't know what cards would replace it but like what do you think is the weakest link in the mono illusion decks they don't have any aoe spells themselves right that's something illusion's not good at um and they also don't have like their units are very they're 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 not very thick right that illusions units are weak in life yeah, Dreamlock being a notable exception among allies, and yeah, False Demon being a really nice two health book. But other than that, it's all yeah. I mean, they, they don't have any four life guys, um, or, or more. They do have that you know Dreamlock at three life for two dice is about as good as you're gonna get. Um, you know, Shadowhound is kind of nice with the with the concealed ability, but like you guys said, notably vulnerable to AOE spells. Um, but you know, illusion does have fa- both fate reflection and particle shield to protect it from those. Yeah, every every unit except for Dreamlock. I'm gonna just discount Flash Archer right off the top. But every other unit, um, ally wise, is one life because there's Rosefire Dancer, Shadow Guard, and Hollow. Yeah, their their allies are they're very susceptible, other than Shadowhound, um, to to ping and AOE, and well, Shadowhound too, to AOE. Um, so you've got to have plans for that. But, you know, like you guys said, I think Shadowblade is a really good answer to to wide decks and for and to, you know, swing through even after your stuff gets cleared. There's also minimal burn. Yeah, they're not good. I mean, they have Ensnare, but they're not good at burn otherwise. Well, there's also Dream Fracture. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, in in a mono illusion sense where you are almost guaranteed to be able to spin down enough, then I guess that counts. Yeah, it's it seems like mill is there. Like if they if illusion has a plan B, it's probably mill. Like or you know, illusion breaks through a locked up battlefield by spinning you down and milling you. For the most part, I mean, dream fracture is good, but it takes up a it takes up a spellboard slot and. I mean, I I don't know. Lark's deck didn't run it, I don't think. Um, or at least if he did, he didn't have it out against me. I don't think he did. I could be wrong about that. I, I don't think it's necessary in those big spin-down decks. Yeah, I, I think... I would say Reach... I, yeah, I think we've named it. But I think it's some combination of battlefield stickiness, like being able to keep your own units around and Reach with damage. Um, I think the... When I think about the color that complements it well, like I do think the nature with Mist Typhoon has to be a consideration just to give it some one-sided AOE removal, given how flimsy 
its side of the battlefield is. And at the orc I played did actually run nature. It would give you access to um, either molten gold for the burn or uh, raptor herder for just some... I mean, not that you need more bodies because in theory you could run mist spirit, but it's not like that's a bad plan. And then what else? I don't know that you'd ever want rude armor. I don't know. You put it on dreamlock mage and it's not fun. That's true. I had to fight my way through a rude armored dreamlock mage in Phoenix League against Clue this week. Wonder hunting weapons shadow hound. <laughs> hunting weapons is ally locked, unfortunately. Yeah. It is. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Well, anyway, yeah. So I think it's it's pretty solid. It'd be interesting to see what comes out that could make it better. A knight. Yeah. The other one that comes to mind for me is sympathy. With uh, I mean, it gives you battle seer, so you you get a you get a big alert body. Yeah. Um. It also it also has magic siphon that works into the the spin down plan and sympathy pain for more reach if you want it and raptor herder because raptor herder is just that good. <laughs> yeah. You still don't get AOE, but you just got but you get the alert battle seer which kind of helps that i think it would be disastrous if this ever existed but like it would really love some reaction recursion because i do think one of the ways that you beat an illusion mono deck is as cost effectively as possible forcing them to use their reactions um while trying not to lock yourself up or meditate too much so you just try and work your way through them as best you can so like i i lost but i came closer than blood points would suggest to winning in that game against the not mono illusion but predominantly illusion orc today because fighting spirit is one of those ways that i could just keep ever-present threats on the board that work your way through figures in the fog it also um at least in my experience does lose to more of a pure mill so something like ruby cobra is so efficient because they don't want to waste shadow hound on it it's only one uh one die so no matter what it's going to trade and the two life limit basically unless they already have shadow hound focus but you know they're not going to early game um keeps it out of reach of anything that they have and they all i mean as far as lark's deck goes like unlikely to waste a keepsake on it so it sticks around and then it just starts chipping away and it's not a unit that you ever want to defend to to block with or to block against um so that really helps and then if you have a sort of a pure um plan to back that up with doves or anything else that can just sit there and gain you round over round advantage in dice then i think there's something to it um also, if you just have a ton of basic sinks, play Demona. Maybe we can go there next, though. Shift to shift to charm. I have a charm, a mono charm deck that has or did do well um, through several games, and I, I do think charm needs a little bit of love, but it has quite a few tools. Obviously, it's mainly geared towards mill. Um, mine ran in. Saria with Orca Dove, Ruby Cobra, Three-Eyed Owl, and um, and then the allies. So like there's Beast Hamer, Violinist, uh, Flock Shepherd, and Ninja. And it's it's got a lot there. Like it's it's got some bodies, bodies that are not, 
you know, at least two life and not easy to get rid of. Um, it has damage, uh, both direct and amplifiers. So the Rile the Meeks, the Return to Soils, Seeds of Aggression, uh, it has the protection, obviously, with Veil. And then it has a little bit of reach with Sympathy Pain as well. So there's there's a lot of tools. The main weakness is AoE. Um, there's there's nothing to deal with spam really, uh, unless you can like even Beast Hammer can't really deal with wide boards. What about Ryle? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it has Ryle to me. Eh, yes, but it's not. I don't know. It, it's not like you have ping to supplement it. So. If, unless you draw, I don't know. I mean, you have Return to Soil, you have Violinist, you have. I mean, there's a couple things that I I feel like Charm is one of the most well rounded colors that there is. It it's well rounded. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I just don't think it has full answers to like Tristan Fish, right? It just can't deal with that many bo- like ten bodies in round one. Yeah. That's that's difficult, um, you know. And the one thing you didn't mention is it also is pretty good at bypass too. I mean, it has hypnotize and it has mind fog owl, and those are two really good bypass cards. Yeah. So it it does a lot of stuff. Um, but I, but I think mill is if you're playing mono charm, right? Mill is probably the best to do that with. Um, it, it's it's probably its best plan B. It can have sympathy pain in there. I mean it it. The thing about hypnotize is there's not like a big fat, you know, massive unit you want to throw at something. Hypnotize the ready spell from Aoni, two side, two class charm side action basically makes something unblockable. Um, I mean, charms has like a two attack unit that's about as big as you're going to go if you don't amplify a zero. But you have no way to cheat side actions to do that. Right. Yeah. That here. Let's let's go back quickly. Um. We already sort of did it with Illusion, but let's let's pick three Phoenix Born that you think are best suited for a given color. So we talked about Orc Hope and Noah for Illusion. I think those are good ones. Yeah, Aradel was one choice for Nature. What would be so that was like Killer's pick? What would be your pick, Schmen, for Nature? I'm gonna go a little bit. Um out of left field perhaps and say Odette um, for a couple reasons one her main action is just another removal spell the sort of virtue can be a refresh on your massive threats and it's also the hard big unit removal that nature lacks okay so I guess we're going <laughs> I have to think out of the box because uh, that was my choice oh sorry I should I should know as a dedicated Odette player you've converted me what can I say yeah uh- Lulu I wonder, well, there's either, uh, I don't know if Cole, for similar reasons to having a built-in removal and also Butterfly Monk and Pain Shaman supplement that that healing. So it gives him a bigger life total and gives him the extra faster reach with the burn spells. Um, so he sort of has his own built-in bypass. Of course, Knights are still an issue there um anything with a really like i think we're always looking at sort of like basic sinks so i would have said maybe um tristan or 
Actually, probably Tristan. You have Tsunami Shot, which is awesome. Magnify works with at least three of the units. It works with Butterfly Monk, Frostback Bear, and um, Frostfang. And also Raptor Hatchling. And Hatchling. Yeah, that's true. So that that's probably, yeah, Cole, Cole or Tristan. Okay. I'll say Cole because I know that it'll get the most listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to Charm. I Let me just say, I agree with you, Killer. I think Charm is maybe the best most well-rounded monocolor um but one of the things that's interesting about it is what makes it well-rounded is by doubling down on charm you solve a lot of the weaknesses that are otherwise present so like really leaning into the zero attack units and the monocolor you get amplify to make four attack cobras you get rile the meek to deal with its aoe problems um but what's interesting about that is like uh I still think it's wincon is mill so you address some of its weaknesses but I'm not sure strictly speaking um how much it needs like amplify is very tempting and it can be powerful in certain situations but it also feels like potentially a bit of a red herring um if you're able to lock the board down in other ways it, it requires you to commit units forward it you know it can be guarded and you're probably not going to win on damage anyway so anyway I, I think it is a really interesting monocolor it's i'm not sure how much the the well-roundedness though necessarily advances its win con mill is still relatively fragile and i think just to jump ahead i think it is one of the it really benefits, I think, from a single color splash of something else. And I'd nominate Divine for Neil, which solves a whole bunch of problems. It's basically pseudo big unit removal as well as crowd control um, and just enables you to, to dirtle as you do. Yeah, it doesn't. Its weakness is that it doesn't have any real offensive pressure. Because you're not attacking with doves, you're not attacking with three-eyed owl. Um, Ruby Cobra is chip damage, but it it doesn't do anything else. So if you f- if you face any sort of beefy deck, you basically can't clear them, um, and that becomes a problem because then you're falling behind on the board while still trying to get your mill, which is a slower win condition. There, it doesn't really have strong single unit removal unless you count captivate, which I don't. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you get you have seeds of aggression, but your units are so weak that it doesn't do a lot of damage. So just to say the other one, you know, Carl has repeatedly said one of the best Ashes players, uh, if not the best. I don't know where he is on the leaderboards these days. He's in space. <laughs> Nightshade Swallow is a super toxic card, and he's glad people don't realize it and play it more. Um, and that is definitely a summon that you unlock being in mono uh, mono charm um and its big challenge is that it is a one two so it gets neither the zero attack bonuses nor can it block a bear (laughs) but uh it does have some some ways of slowing down other big threats if you can find ways of of killing it like with redirects for example or um just by blocking other units and that's another point Another point in favor for adding divine because you can buff it up to two and then it can block a bear. 
Yeah, like Rayward Recruit plus Nightshade Swallow is something I was thinking about. Like, bump it to two, and if you've got the Flock Shepherd, you've got you instantly create two 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 blockers. I'm actually gonna say that I think uh, Ceremonial is the best for Charm because it enables a few cards. It enables Fester for large removal. It enables Old Salt, which now I think is just. You know, it's a great additional card. It's it's got the beefier life. It's got the built-in ping, which helps, um, and then also enables Blood Archer, which is a really good card. Um, and there's just some other tools in there too. Like if you want extra reach, you have Final Cry, uh, which is really cool. So and, and Fire Archer. I just think it it has a lot of interesting tools. Um, if you wanted to go the the more mill dirtly route, you have Blood Puppeteer. Um, and maybe even potentially psychic vampire i don't know like you could do a real don't attack me otherwise you're just advancing my win con type of thing um and then if you were struggling against swarm you have crimson bomber so uh, there's just a lot there um and you could even go with the chant package for you know chant fusion and uh ritualist or phoenix attendant that's a very compelling wrong argument i liked it So I'll throw another one out there that is um, not as good as your two, but, you know, when Shvendrick said, how do I deal with Tristan Fish? No, that was treatment. Our listeners have a hard enough time telling our voices apart. (laughs) Yes, especially those from overseas. Yeah, well, whenever somebody said, you know, how do I deal with the wide board, my my first thought was Sunshield Sentry, and that makes me want to splash in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. So, you know, that does give you two shadows for some big unit removal um, alongside Sunshield Sentry to gum up the game. Um, I don't think it's as good as Divine where you get Neil and Meteor and Divine buffs and even Steadfast Guardian maybe. But um, Sunshield Sentry is a really good card, especially against wide boards. So I'm confused as to why you've overlooked the most powerful removal option you unlock with time which is redirect into your own ash spirit ash spirit yeah <laughs> of course hey i've i've been playing that jericho that's uh that runs ash spirit and the thing was good for a while but that was before i found frogs and all of their loveliness all right so best phoenix born for charm well it's leo yeah, or I'm going to say Saria or Saria. I still don't know what the right word is, but uh, yeah. It's sorry. I asked Isaac. I made him pronounce it for me. <laughs> okay. Mm. can put that one to bed. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in a wild one here, which is uh, Sambali, and specifically for spamming Imperial Ninja attacks is super annoying, um, and she can do things like purify her exhausted enchanted violinists like i think i think there might be something there yeah no i i remember that yeah i really like the Sembali charm stuff um i've i've run into a couple decks with like beast tamer and imperial ninja and violinist and Sembali, and it's fairly annoying to deal with so i would second that all right what color do we take on next ceremonial yeah yeah that that's probably the most widespread after um after illusion I've seen Brian B running mono ceremonial decks. Um, I've had a cer- mono ceremonial Brennan for a little while now that 
hasn't done great, but I've been messing with it. Um, I've seen a couple mono ceremonial Jesses in the wild. Um, I think uh, ceremonial is a pretty good color as well. Obviously, it has more cards than anybody else right now, so um, that's what you know lends itself to having a strong mono deck. The chant stuff is really good and can do a lot of different things. It's really well balanced, I think, as a color too. It can't mill you, right? That's that's one thing it can't do. Um, or at least not good at doing. Sounds like a challenge for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it can burn you though, and yeah, it it, uh, it it doesn't really have much bypass, but it it's good at removal, it's good at self clear, and it's good at burn. Um, and it doesn't have conjurations, that's like good conjurations. That's the other problem with it. So it's very ally reliable, very reliant on allies. But with the way chant and fallen are now, uh, that's almost a benefit instead of a hindrance. Yeah. Fallen is its book. Yeah. Bone crow be darned. I Fall, just, yeah. yeah. I, I still stand uh crow debt though. It's, <laughs> it's worked for me. It's got a great name. It's pulled a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, Brian's deck, I pulled it up. It's Ch- Chant of Transfusion. What's it called? Fallen. For those fallen. And women. one die to rule them all. Um, so he does it in James. And it's, uh, yeah, it's got the chants, uh, Fallen, and then three of almost every ally. So Bomber, Old Salt, Phoenix Attendant, Rising Horde. Um, and then just like. You know, it's got Sleeping Widows, which is always good. It's even got a Calamity Golem in there to make Nick happy. And then Blood Brawl, Fester, Vengeance for crazy shenanigans and turning on the Fallen as well. That's definitely one I want to play. That looks fun. Vengeance is really cool with Rising Horde and Sleeping Widows, um, both of which are double ceremonial cards, right? So like we said before, having the mono ceremonial makes that not a big deal anymore to play a double class costed card. So uh, it kind of definitely lends itself to a James build like that for sure. As a side note, Vengeance is the only card like it, right? It, it X basic to get an effect with X. There's nothing else like it. And I think that's a cool mechanic. Does Transmute Magic still do that? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it's spend X. It is. I don't think it says X, but it is. But that is what it does. You can switch any number of exhausted die with unexhausted die maybe that was the 1.0 it, it, i think at 1.0 it costs x dice and then you got to take x dice back um or something but yeah so then you're right vengeance would be the only card that has a cost like that so then what does it need for supplement you said the main things is it doesn't have bypass it doesn't have mill and it doesn't have books i mean it that, that's books, pro- sure. that's probably the best the biggest thing like a solid book is I think very helpful, like a unit guard or something. Um, I mean, very helpful to ceremonial. I think like place I might look would be sympathy. Personally, it adds potential burn with sympathy pain, and it's got a really great book suite, including vampire bats, which the deck probably doesn't mind, given that it can just always, if it wants to, clone them. Um, and if it, you don't want bats, that's fine. You've got, you know, even just little utility. Sally's still good, actually. You know, 
you could do worse than blood changing your zero one Sally spirit. Yeah, I, I think sympathy is the right answer as well. I mean, mirror spirit is good. Um, like you said, vampire bats really good. I mean, obviously, my herald that I played in the pod tournament was ceremonial sympathy. And oh yeah, where did I get that idea? <laughs> I think it also it gives you a few different things that could be interesting depending on how you you want to do it. So it gives you um, now that golem is available, gives you adrenaline rush, which could be neat. Well, you had that anyway. Oh yeah, because it's parallel. It's parallel, right, right, right. Uh, but also um, either guilt link or crescendos. Oh, guilt link's a good call. Nice to both enable your your fallen, um, but also help with removal. Um, Crescendo is great because if you are playing fallen, then they're not good at dealing with big units. And so being able to, to crescendo a rising horde into the fallen, get the tokens, you know, take something out that's three life is a good play. Yeah, it has magic siphon too. Um, to add that, I mean, you know, ma- magic siphon can be a win con in and of itself sometimes. And, uh, it's, it's just nice to have the side action dice fixing and a little bit of spin down, especially to make sure those big removal spells like fester and blood chains hit and don't get golden veiled. So Phoenix born, I mean, I think James is clearly a contender because his ability is basically like another book in an ally heavy deck. I think Brennan mm-hmm. still has to be one of the top. I mean, she's taken some hits. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, Brennan and and Jessa is is also there. I'm just wondering if there are any not like sort of overlooked or non obvious picks. I mean, Rowan is another one. Uh, either with um with Blood Puppeteer or Rising Horde, which is sort of the main one. Um, I just don't know what you fill his spellboard with in that case. Yeah, it'd have to be a bunch of chance. And you, you don't get the card draw, which is something ceremonial's bad at and that he kinda wants. Harold is I think another potentially interesting one because you could especially again, if we're talking fallen or 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 um old salt and any other source of ping, you're doubling the value and also guaranteeing that you can take out certain targets, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, um, you have Demona as well. I don't. I don't know that Demona is winning any events anytime soon. But, but she, uh, she she's very ally focused, and just kind of lends it herself well. I think the ceremonial and the allies they can bring. They're they're all good. A lot of uh, there are a lot of them are good mount. All right, we've got three left. Um, sympathy, divine time. Where do we want to go? next let's bang it out fast well of those three sympathy is the only one i've actually seen done yeah in in the wild let's talk about that i mean people still say that nominee's pre-con might be the strongest pre-con that there is it's really good and that's mono sympathy yeah yeah and that's an indicator of of the kind of strength sympathy can have um river scald is a really good card like there's a reason it's chained and being able to run three of them without worried, worrying about your spread of dice is very good. Um, it has some good spin down stuff, 
with Magic Siphon and even stuff like Night Song Cricket, um, Transmute Magic. Shatter Pulse. Shatter Pulse can spin dice down. Yeah, <laughs> And you, you put that into a Phoenixborn like Hope or something where you can Void Pulse and also spin down dice. And <clears throat> you can have a little bit of a... You can have a spin down plan B. Um, it also has Sympathy Pain and Raptor Herder to... And it, it, it kind of benefits from getting a lot of cards that are parallel. Co- you know, it has all these parallel costed cards, right? So you get to steal a lot of the good cards from other colors, like Raptor Herder and Sympathy Pain. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. It, it, I think it's got a lot going for it. And like you said before, the books are good. Um, it has a couple good allies in Flute Mage and River Scald. Um, and probably and string mage is good too. I was going to say string mage is, you know, still, I think good. And when time was all the rage yeah, with tokens everywhere, string mage was a strong counter. I still think it's probably, you know, a fairly strong counter to a lot of decks. Um, maybe even outside of the small sack string mage combo. And it's another very well-rounded color. Um, it can fix dice. It, it does not have AOE, which maybe is his biggest weakness. And I don't think it's great at dealing with wide boards. There's nothing alert in Mono Sympathy. There's no AOE. There's not a lot of ping. That's pretty rough. It does have a couple good... Yeah, it, it does have a couple good single target removal spells. I mean, it has Shatter Pulse. It has Crescendo. It has River Scald. Those things can kill um, bigger units. But not a lot of stuff against a wide board i mean nature is the is the pb and j yeah of sympathy i don't think there's any other color that has the kind of synergy that you're looking for as well as all the units that all of a sudden it enables totally between those two colors i mean hunt master alone as one of the best knights um creeper and then yeah, creeper. It fi- it it all of a sudden fixes all those other problems. It gives you the AOE. It gives you the ping source. Yep. Um, it's just it could give you more burn reach if you want to go with mold golds. I think it's the color to include. I I don't think I rarely if I'm looking for a deck like that. I don't think I ever avoid the two color combination. It's usually the third. I'm like, what am I going to add to it? Yeah. So it's just kind of generically strong so like where do you put it like what phoenix born do you put it in i like hope they're always the answer but i think they are actually legitimately a really good answer here yeah i just think void pulse with the extra spin down kind of does and the draw right is those are two things that sympathy likes and is good at and it just kind of meshes well um it, not a lot now that's although now that salamander is errated that it's not as strong with duplicate um but it still has raptor hatchling and i mean salamander monk and even ancestor spirit if you had to get crazy is not a terrible duplicate so there's some stuff there um i mean nominee is the sympathy phoenix born but she's just not good right now no well, we might as well at least talk, though, like first uh, of another, like we, we said we saw the deck recently, so we might as well talk oh, about yeah. it. And it's Lark's deck again. Um, and it's interesting because he chose, I, I've played against it 
Schmenny, you played against it. And I it did. was in Rowan, which of all things is not really what I would have expected. Um, but he was using, as far as I can remember, Memorialized, Night Song Cricket, uh, Stallion, and Sally. And then Rowan's ability was mainly used on um, Scald to do big damage which was really cool and you can get rid of allies i think he had a beast mage in there so you know it's three damage but then with memorialize inevitably you can bring it back and exhume is triggering memorialize as well so it's a neat little synergy that he had going on and then for any cards that you might be drawing you know you stuff them on stallion um so that was pretty cool I don't remember what else he had in there. If the, I mean, obviously, there. I think there was a flute mage for st- the stallion thing. I don't know if there was a string mage. Do you remember? I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, the basic goal is eventually use all that that those readies. You know, I I played it and I was fairly even until he got the three red rains tokens, and then it was just extremely difficult to deal with the. Um, the chimera in the face of all that removal um he just he just battered me down uh flute mages and adrenaline rushes refreshing it so um it was very cool definitely opened my eyes i still think again you know in that deck one time to add era's end would i like i refuse to believe that would not make that that deck stronger but um i don't know i'm not i'm not the expert it also would give you fate reflection which I think would be really big. Um, one cool trick that Rowan can do as well, and I, th- I don't, don't remember if I'm making this up or if he, if he actually used this, but Hollow and Exume is more spin down because he also had the Magic Siphon to add that pressure. So between Hollow and then Exuming it um, and Magic Siphon, that's a lot of dice. That's, what, five around for only a couple dice yeah and um with stallion if you get a jungle warrior on board then it's a basic uh to refresh the stallion and you put a token on it and then when you use another basic to exhume it you're getting another token on top of it which is kind of cool um so, I mean, there's neat little tricks there. And you could spend a third basic for another refresh. But there's just a lot of interesting synergies that I that I see. I'll just plug two other Phoenixborn real quick in um, sympathy. One is Lulu. I think focused mirror spirits and Lulu are really interesting. It's something I was playing around with. But the ability to spark uh, a mirror spirit... Um, that you may have removed a token from to exhaust something and make it a two, two again, I think is pretty cool. Um, and then I think Jericho has with blink has some interesting tricks. It's weird to just completely give up on a Phoenix born's ability. And you could always add in a time for that, but, uh, scald and mirror spirit are two really great blink targets. I mean, you know, oh yeah, I guess you can't, I was going to say you could draw the card with sympathy die, but you can't actually use the ability because it's time die. Um, but yeah, Scald and Mirror Spirit are amazing with Blink. I've played that game and had a lot of fun with it. The other two that have similar um, refresh or or abilities that synergize well with either Mirror Spirit or otherwise are Koji and Echo. 
<clears throat> so echo traditionally is sympathy with chaos gravity and that gives you two forms of bypass but it also gives you the synergy with gravity flux and mirror spirit and then koji you know is very similar where you get both the token and then with lick wounds um you both have some heal if you need it but also the refresh so yeah. i think those are interesting choices sympathy is really good we've gone to we're trying to shoot for an hour here and i think we've we've just about made it um but there are two colors left divine and time and i'm gonna i'm gonna say something controversial maybe instead of going through all of these and say that um i think these are the two colors that are most most needing the monocycle which is weird to say because time we just went through a whole time cycle that started with a time mono deck but i still think its internal synergy is not super strong outside of the token stuff and fighting spirit like i think there might be something there um and divine i think it really suffers from having a pretty problematic mono deck in odette with the emphasis on laws and i think piercing light that was introduced in demona is super interesting but it's just i don't think it's there yet at all as something that you can really build around and so i i don't want to shortchange them entirely but i think those are two colors that are pretty rough for mono builds right now am i wrong i will disagree on time or at least i should i should say that in theory i disagree because i haven't tried it but i think there is a a decent mono time deck that you can make um i have it in hope just as a like we were theory crafting um killer and i a couple weeks ago and between time hopper wishing wing uh fighting spirit and omen bringer like there's a lot of it's a very fast and fragile deck but you can get really big punches in and hope just elevates sort of all of that package um and then there's a lot of protection as well in all the reactions which is kind of neat I, I guess I can see the argument that a lot of what the time cycle brought was time synergy with all of the other colors. So time and sympathy are is one of the biggest ones. Tristan really elevated it with Tidal Crab. Um, you know, you do have the bigger units like, um, what is it? Uh, Leviathan? Sentry. Or Leviathan is also interesting. So I can see that it needs help because it really is more geared towards at least two colors. But I think you could still probably do something. And I, I will probably use it as the color to try. And if anyone can, it would be Redentor. Yeah. That's the Phoenix Born for time. <laughs> Redentor. It's really hard to not play Tidal Crab in those decks too. And that needs a sympathy die. Um, but I, I do think that... So to Spendrix, to your point... I believe that these are the two colors that have the weakest plan B's. Hmm. Yeah. Like they, they don't have like, you know, time has standstill and that's it. Like the, the, there's a, that you can bypass with that. There's not a lot else. I mean, stasis, I guess. And <laughs> I don't know. Um, divine has nothing. I mean, it like the overkill stuff should be the plan B for divine, but it's just not there. Like divine is really hurting for anything for everything for a plan b i mean it has a, there's a lot of good cards in divine um but it's it's just it's the supplemental color right now it's it can't 
I mean, there's decks that can play like five divine dice, but you can't play. It's really hard to play ten divine. I mean, you're basically stuck in a piercing light deck, and you know now the meteor's chained. You don't have like a big play in round one to to blow out your opponent with. Um, I used to have a Remia deck that tried to set up Piercing Light and Royal Charm in round one and then do stuff like Ancestral Army, Shepherd of Lost Souls to get it back, and then Meteor the board and play it again. Like I <clears throat> there was that and that was like that was fun, but even then it wasn't good. Now without Meteor, I have no idea what I would do with it. It's got nothing like I mean it's it has Angelic Rescue as the only reaction. Um as far as allies and action spells go, it really doesn't have all that much. I mean, it has it has a lot of heal, both um, Phoenixborn heal and unit heal between heal the, the card heal itself, um, Sun Sister. It's got like defensive stuff like Shield Mage, and you can recur things between Revival Pack, Shepherd, uh, Rally the Troops is also more heal, but it doesn't do like it, it it doesn't do anything it just it it sort of plays to the board but it doesn't win the board with any heavy removal other than meteor which is fine but then what do you do i'm it's got it's got winged linus which i think is awesome uh lightbringer is obviously great but then emperor lion and admonisher and all the laws are super weak ready spell wise they're not weak. They're just niche, right? They're 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 niche, but they don't support any of. It's not the a niche that's shared within plan. the color. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's they're they're niche with you. There's less. It's the support color, right? Like law of fear is awesome, but not in a divine deck that you're trying to use overkill to win with, <laughs> right? Like it's the it's the opposite of what you're trying to do. Um, so yeah, it, divine needs a better plan B. It needs a plan A. I think it needs a plan A. Yeah, it, 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 I think it's generally just it's struggling. Like, what single target does it have? Any single target removal? Uh, chain, chain creations. creations. <laughs> Jinx. That's not even hard removal. It's two damage. Like, it doesn't have anything else. Yeah, it's. I mean, Wing Lioness is the removal spell, right? Like, it, on sort of virtue. <laughs> that's. Yeah, yeah like. I mean, you know, Wing Lioness with Power Through is a good removal spell. That, right? But that's that's it. Like, there's Law of Domination. I Oh, yeah, that's one. I guess. I mean, you can do Holy... Like, it's got Holy Relics and Crystal Armor, but again, it's not... I just don't think it has a strong plan A, even on the board, if we're just talking, like, you know, does it really win by itself on the battlefields? I think you're still going to struggle. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, so you splash illusion for dark presence. Ah, <laughs> we have bypass. Now okay. you've got bypass Voltron units that are still bad. <laughs> so okay, so what, but but really then, so what what would be your color t- to support it? I don't know that illusion really supports it. It's it's hard. I mean, D- D- divine is all about control. It has a lot of good control cards. So you you need a way to win the game. And if we're just gonna like, it can control the board, or like it because it had like Lightbringer and Wing Lioness are and Law of Fear, like these are good control cards. Um, but like it, it just doesn't, doesn't like you guys said it has no win condition. Um, 
maybe you play it in a Phoenix Born that has a built-in win condition, and then you you just control the battlefield. I don't know. The I mean, the two colors that I tend to uh, either see it paired with or I pair it with myself is either Charm for the more defensive mill-based deck. So then you're you're adding a a mill win con. You have access to Neil. Um, you have access to you know sympathy pain things like that or you go with the really big bypass stuff in either hydra or arcosource mount um so like if you're doing a and you, um well no you can't i guess those would be the two like an eight two divine charm deck is not going to mill you no no i'm saying i'm saying maybe more than two dice yeah but, but i mean like that those would be the two that i pair with and you could do like an echo chaos gravity type of shenanigans yeah now the, the, i think the bypass stuff if you're only going to splash one color in like the hydra archosaurus raptor herder type stuff or hydra archosaurus or like massive growth that maybe that makes sense in frostback bear i i don't know if you can get all that done with two dice but that does make some sense to me yeah i think look i think i'm excited to see how nick builds the divine set um yeah i think i remain excited by the potential of piercing light like i think i think we've gotten a taste of the power that overkill can offer to close a game with the chimera from rowan's deck and it's a tricky mechanic because I think it could be quite oppressive. I mean, it removes your option from blocking to prevent damage, basically. But I think so, too. If it wasn't so hard to get it and Royal Charm set up, it could be kind of nasty. Yeah. It just needs more more effects to put the dice down. Yeah, that's what he said in whatever he was on. When that was on our, uh, that was with us. Was it on your guys' show that I wasn't on? Yeah, he was saying like they just need more stuff, more ways to get divine dice on stuff. If winged lioness, fo- the if there was a mind fog owl equivalent focus effect on winged lioness, I think that would be that would be really awesome. Cool. Yeah, that would be very cool. Next errata, or or just another another book coming, another conjuration that is similar to rayward knight mm-hmm. rayward knight or rayward recruit uh recruit sorry um I, I you know it's just i don't want it to be too many eggs in one basket on the reusing charm because that still just lends itself to the battlefield but it would be nice to reinforce one of the other potential win conditions so we'll have to see though where you know what happens with it it I, I do hope that like overkill if if they're gonna do something for divine it's that it is kind of a unique secondary win condition right like if you if you're a swing deck then you you're able to get through with overkill that's pretty cool um, I have tried I will say that I like ceremonial with divine I've been messing with divine ceremonial Brennan decks lately and I I think there's something there I just can't nail it down but. All those control cards and then ceremonial to supplement with burn to close out a game. In again, in a Phoenix Born that has a win condition printed on them. Like I I, I don't think I would do it in without Brennan or maybe Jessa. But something like that. 
Ceremonial Divine also gives you access to Carl's two favorite cards, which is Grave Knight and Reaping Angel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's troll Carl hard. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. His elo is 100 points above every other player in the world. Let's, let's. He has no idea what he's talking about. Let's troll him. Yeah. Let's make him angry. All right. Well, we did it. We uh, we solved mono. We solved solved ceremonial decks. Yeah. And um, if if we put you to sleep. Oh no, Phoenixborn though. Oh, ah, come on. Oh, Phoenix. You gotta pick the Phoenixborn for for uh, divine. End time. Did we do that one? No. no. We did time, didn't we? No. Well, I I said hope, but let you guys didn't pick. Hope, Lulu, and Jericho are the time Phoenix born. Okay, I buy that. Okay. Divine. I don't divine. I don't know Brennan, Jessa, and Brennan. Some other Phoenix born that has a. What, what are you gonna do with Brennan? Jessa. I'm gonna I'm gonna change of heart, bounce Shepherd of Lost Souls over and over and over. Oh. Uh, okay. And pick up stuff, and I'm gonna right. So you're gonna control the board and burn. I don't know. Or or just use burn and control cards like Law of Fear and Meteor to wipe all your guys out and then burn you to death. I think both are valid. Um I don't I don't know. I'm just making stuff up because I don't think Divine is good on its own. But <laughs> I'm Xander Xander's sort of an obvious one. It it gives a little bit extra. It adds to the recursion. I guess. I, I can't see a mono Xander, like a mono divine Xander, but I guess you have Earthquake and Meteor, and so it's a bunch of AoE. I don't know. You do that with, like, safeguard shenanigans that I was doing for a while and stopped <laughs> doing. I wish I would go back to that because it was awesome, where you do the wide swing, and then they don't they don't block it and leave all their guys up, and then you side action safeguard, and the next turn you AoE blow up all their stuff. I should, I should do more of that. It was fun. Safeguard plus survival of the fittest. Do it. Come on. That's actually probably sick. Yeah ideas i think probably demona echo xander are among the top picks for the for divine yeah that probably makes more sense than what i said yeah what you said didn't make any sense <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right and with that um frog up until next time frog up later <laughs> all right guys see ya